0: All right, say hi to Joshua. Hey, Josh. Glad you're back. Glad you're back. All right. Uh, so we've already gone through verse one. We've talked about uh, that, uh, that this was done in Egypt, the land of their oppression. This is a meal of redemption in Egypt. It's the first law. It was not at Sinai. Um, the ones that are given at Sinai are not really dealing with the Passover, there's one instance where, where, the, where the laws given at the mountain are dealing it's in Deuteronomy sixteen, but it's very brief. It's already been given. It was given here in the land of oppression. Um and it changes everything. What does he say about their timetable? What does he say now about their time, their the the way they judge time? What does he say? Oh, no. So we have new beginnings. Now, some people, um, and I don't know what to think about this. That's a period on the, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a dot, not a period. That would be a period. Um, some some say that this whole it's a new month to you. It's not really like it's um, it's not really like God reset their calendar to where everything starts in March and April, but that. He takes their new year and 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 gives them something to celebrate about on their new year. I don't know. Uh, it could be that he totally said, here's the start of your calendar, and it's going to be this way from, from now on. I, I think that tends to follow more in line with the text, but I'm not going to fuss over it. Um, the point is, he's making a new beginning here, right? From this point, from this redemptive feast forward. This is new. And, and the month, incidentally, is, is known as uh, Abib. That's just so you know. Later on in, the, in, the, in Esther, it's, it's called uh, Nisan. Hey, Jeff. Uh, Nisan, or, you know, Nisan, or however you want to say Okay. Generally March and April, and he's giving them truly something to celebrate at the new year. Look at, uh, look at verses uh, 3 through 7. Wh- wh- whom, to whom is, is Moses uh, going to be speaking? Who does God tell him to speak to? The congregation. The congregation of whom? Israel. Israel. This, this is the first time, really, we see a corporate reference to the nation of Israel as a congregation, literally the assembly. Um, in the Greek version of... Uh, of the Old Testament Septuagint. there could be the Ecclesia. that that term sure. Yeah. But, uh, so that's the idea here. This is the assembly of Israel. Uh, some of the older, the Latin Vulgate and others, would, would say um, that the sons of it speak to the sons of Israel and all that. But really, the, the word is congregation, um, a gathering. And it's the first establishment, really, as a corporate entity. And it's founded on this idea of Redemption. That's the first thing. He makes provision for small households here, doesn't he? He says, take a lamb. But if you can't afford a lamb, or if, you can't, if your house is too small and you can't eat, although the thing on our house I think we can manage, um, if, you, if you can't eat the whole lamb with your house, what does he say do? Share it. Share it. Share and then burn it. And then burn it. But you share it. You get another family. You get together. You have a um, a sharing of the time together of of remembrance, and I would think thankfulness together. And you also share the expenses. Right? I, mean, I can't eat the whole lamb. You can't eat the whole lamb. Hey, let's buy one together. And so you have this provision for the poor, so that they also can. Um, participate in this ceremony. Josephus tells us that at a minimum ten participants were, were kind of required to be involved in, um, in this ritual during the second temple times. What, what is the um, let's see here what is, the, um, what, what, what is the what is the lamb um, what are the characteristics of the lamb what is the... So without blemish what does that mean Ashley. No, no birth defects, no um, injuries. 100%. presume. it has got to be a good specimen, right? Unblemished. It's got to be male. Got to be male. Year old. Why do you think a year old? year old, wouldn't that be the first one We saved a bunny at my house. From the jaws of my dogs. We <laughs> were just doing what dogs do. It's, like, it's fuzzy, it moves, okay. it squeals. <laughs> they actually got one. It, squeal- it squeals when I clamp down on it. Second, Gotta do it. Um, so so it, the first one uh, was ripped out. It, uh, and his yeah, back it was broken. It was nasty. And I told him just let the dogs eat. And the girls like, no. no. So I, didn't, you know, we just let it sit there and labor and breathing, tons. You know, it's it's much more humane to let the thing die slowly than to, anyway. So I took out the wood, I shot it, and buried it. And that's Em and I were burying it because he buried it when kids, you had kids. the dog. Wow. So, and so as Em and I were, were coming back from the burial mound of this little bunny, we heard we heard the 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 other lab in the front yard going Arr! and. It just, <laughs> I just, I'm still tired of digging up the hole for this one. And, and so, and of course, Emma's like, Daddy! And so we run out, we run out, and, and she tells the dog, Katie, put her down, drop it. And she does. And the bunny's like, I'm out of here. And she says, she <laughs> But she gets over the tree, and Katie, of course, rolls on her, her belly, waiting for Emma to, I gotta, I gotta act it out. And so um, then, then she's, to get, she's crying. I mean, don't let her go, the dog's see. So I get the bucket and I scoop because I don't know what the thing is. I just kind of kick it into the thing and then hook it up. And it's like freaking out. It's like in the corner, like, hey, is this heaven? You know? And, and so we take it on the porch and we we feed it. We've been feeding it with goat milk with a syringe for days. It's on my porch. Audrey went out, spent money, and got food and grass and all this stuff. And we put it in this cage. It's on my back porch. And it's getting a little spunky now. It's feeling a little, you know, free. And so when they try to feed it now, it's like everywhere. And I made the comment, you know, now it's ready to go. Right? It can protect itself. It can run. And they're like, no, it'd be just a morsel for the dogs. And this kind of thing. They're attached to it now. It's become part of... The family. <laughs> we right? also have goats that we're very attached to that are pets. Yeah. That are yeah. several Yeah, out. we can get the cashmere and we can we can make do the milk and we have make money off of No, nah, it's a black hole. Black <laughs> hole <of> pets. <laughs> uh, so you get attached to it. Right? It's a year old. It's a lamb without blemish. The family is attached to it. They take it for four days and they guard it. They keep it. The kids are going to get attached to it. What are they going to do with this thing? Well, the bunny, I keep telling the kids, is going to become a fricassee. But they're not convinced. But here, it's going to happen. There's a pain involved here. It's a very real pain. It's an animal. But with it, the family has this sense of Tearing away of something that's basically been a a pet for a little while. They're to guard this thing, keep this thing, and nurture it. So the lamb is pure, unblemished, year old, either the sheep or the goats. The, 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 The prophets later on are going to favor the imagery of a sacrificial lamb whenever they refer to the work of the coming Messiah. You never see the Messiah referred to as a sacrificial goat They keep it. They keep watch over it. They guard it for four days. On the 14th day of the month, what happens? At twilight, they kill it. One family? The whole nation does. They take their lamb and they kill it. What does that say? What picture is being invaded? What does that sound like? It's a good question. Incidentally, Josephus also tells us about 30 people involved in the sacrifice of the lamb. Now, I don't know why they would need 30, but that's kind of the way that is. 30 people involved in pockets all over the nation at one time killing their year old pet. What is it, what does that convey? And why are they doing this? Okay. And, and if you're going to obey what God says, what is that called? Obedience. Obedience and what? Trust. And trust or faith, exactly. So they're doing it as an act of worship. Because they trust what the Lord has said. If faucet growls, I move over because I think he's possessed, right? <coughs> that's the sink, by the way. That oh, that's true. Okay. Mufosset. Yeah. <laughs> There's a sink in the other place. It. And and it would and it would it would brrr, do his thing and everybody would kinda of freak out and say faucet is possessed and I'd move over because you believe that it's possessed and you act accordingly. I wasn't gonna cast it out because I'm not to end but um, so, anyway we act based on what we believe if God says do it and it's we trust his character we're going to do it and they did it as an assembly as a congregation as a communal act of worship they all kill their lambs at twilight and it was one body this is the assembly and this is their act of redemption that solidifies them as one covenanted people before Yahweh. What What do they do with the blood? What's the point of the blood? What do they do with that? They kind of have to paint it on on the door. They paint it on. It's interesting. The, the. us um, see. The lamb is killed, Through a pure lamb, that is killed by an act of those being redeemed. That's a very ornate deed. And then and then you also have what is the blood? It's, it's painted on. Why? It's like a proclamation. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing what the Lord said. <laughs> I'm being obedient a sign, what happens from the sign? When I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will be found to destroy you. Now, does the blood itself, is it like, is it like a uh, what is it? Uh, what do they call them? The garlic. Protective garlic on your you know, deal, or is no. it uh, Is there anything magical about the blood? No. no. The act, because God said it. it. It's the obedience of doing what He says. He passes over. There's not magical words and some kind of I don't know, sinners' prayer or anything that would happen here. It's it's an act of obedience, an act of worship, an act of trust that God says He honors that in place of. Well, my life. Right? Place of the firstborn in those families. The blood covers the people, those inside the dwelling. Okay? Oh, so that they escape wrath. Uh, and Steve, Scott, okay all right you seen a pattern here So every part of the entrance is that blood smeared on it and this is a, a pointer in verse 13 where we we'll get to later. It's a pointer to their having been set apart as part of the community of God. Why blood? I mean, they could have skinned it and just hung that over. I mean, why blood? Jesus' blood saves us. Okay. What is it about the blood? What do we know? Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission remission of sins. Don't uh, eat meat with the blood. Why? It says in Leviticus. Because the life is in the blood. blood. It's it's the essence of life. Without it, we're kind of dead. It's, an essence, it's a sign of the essence of life. The shedding of blood often signifies entrance into and being a part of covenant with God. Remember Genesis 15, where Abraham sacrifices this, this split animal and God walks through as a pot and a lamp. And we talked about that. But there's, a, there's this entrance into the covenant community through the shedding of blood. Blood is the essence of life, and it shows the extreme relationship of the covenant extending to life and death. This is this is not God playing games. This is a serious thing. This covenant, He takes it seriously. What about the meal? What about the meal? What are they to do inside this this house? This meal, what's what what is what are they to do with this lamb? After they kill it at twilight, roasted. It. Roast it. Now here's something I didn't know for last week: um, pagan rituals of sacrifice often involve the eating of raw meat or half-cooked meat. Now I like rare meat. I can imagine eating raw, um, but that's part of their practice. What is God saying here by commanding that they roast it? The ancient world that was always raw or half-cooked, He says roasted. What is He doing? Same. Setting them apart. Forsake the pagan practices. Don't be part of the world. right? Don't do what they do. What's normal for them, that's not for you to do. Um, Paul would say later, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. Why? The drunkenness was not because alcohol is necessarily evil, but because they used it to see into the spirit world when they were drunk. That was part of their pagan practice. Don't be doing or forsake the pagan practices around you. What, what, what else does he say about this meal? What is another element of it? Bitter herbs. herbs. Bitter herbs. Bitter herbs. What, what could that be about? We're chapter 1 in Exodus. The oppression of the Egyptians made their lives bitter. It's a remembrance of where they came from where they came from, what were they involved with before, the oppression of slavery, and, and from a moral standpoint for them, the oppression of sin, God is redeeming them from. Remember the bitterness of their slavery and be thankful for their redemption. What else does it say? Amazing. What's that? I think it makes it very distinctive that it has like the entire leg has to be roasted. I mean, it says do not eat it raw or raw water, but roast it its head, with its legs, and its inner parts. Look at verse. Um, let's see, where are we here? In this manner, you shall eat it. Oh, let's see. Yeah, you let none of it remain till the morning. Anything that remains until the morning, you shall burn. So you got to eat all of it, right? Um, you have to partake of everything of the lamb, pleasant and unpleasant. <laughs> hmm. Why? There are things that Christ calls us to do that are part of who He is that at first glance to us, that are first attempted by us, are unpleasant. I have to love my brothers and sisters in Christ regardless. Sometimes that is unpleasant. You have to love me as your brother in Christ regardless. Sometimes that is unpleasant. Uh, sometimes, putting myself, putting others as more important than myself, well, not sometimes, all the time, is unpleasant. It's a great reward in that. There's great fruit in that. There's, there's a, a shaping toward the image of Christ in that. All of the lamb is to be eaten. Not just the mercy and the grace But the obedience, the faith, and the killing of of sin is to be. Do do you see that? The whole counsel of God is not just you're forgiven. Live like you want to live. The whole counsel of God is be conformed to my son. Does that make sense? There are pictures here. What, What also? What what are they supposed to be wearing? What? What is that all about? I mean, it's twilight. Shouldn't it be like you know, leisure clothes, sweatpants, some? What? Which? Why are they dressed like this? They're ready to go. <clears throat> ready to go. Why? Well, in this in this first occurrence, are they about to be? They don't know when they're going, do they? Yeah, you're right. There's an impending. Pharaoh's going to drive you out completely, is what, the, what what God said to him before. They're about to go. They don't know when. But uh, don't they know they have a whole week left of the Feast of Unleavened Bread? He says on the 14th day that he's going to take them out. The 14th day of the month. And then you've got 14 to 21 where they're eating. Unleavened bread on the go. Right? I'm going to do this on the 14th. I don't think Pharaoh waits a week to send them out. I mean, it's that night. So you've got them traveling with unleavened bread this first time around. Um... They're to eat it how? In haste. haste. Why? Okay. The the unleavened part, the leaven, and we'll talk about this when we get to that part of the feast, but the the leaven generally is a, a sign of of sin, you yeah. know, and so they're they're eating it in haste to get to this unleavened bread. There's a sense in which, um, well, there's not sense. We're to press hard for purity, for holiness. Be killing sin, or it will be killing you. John Owen, uh, Romans eight thirteen. Um, if you. Um, if you live by the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh, you will live. There's a there's a sense of pushing forward quickly to get... to, to I press on to the mark of the upward call of Christ. Don't look behind. Press forward quickly. It's a race. There's that whole idea uh, involved it's, it's the call for urgency. Everything here is a picture, also, of course. But it's now is the time of salvation. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. Taste. and don't play with it. Right? It's not that something to be played with? You, you can you can eat the parts of the lamb. Mm. Cut off. You can you can uh, not do the unleavened bread or have a little bit of leaven because it just tastes better. Do a little bit of this, right? I mean, God forgive me later anyway, right? press forward. We push forward. We partake of everything of the Lamb, pleasant and unpleasant. Um, Romans six three, All of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into His death. That's unpleasant. Alright. This eat in haste, ready to leave immediately. There is a um, There is a uh, be quick about it idea. The bitter herbs are a symbol of bitter slavery in Egypt. Don't forget what you're saved from. And the law that's there, in in verse 10, it actually begins with a legal term. The law that's there must be kept so that none of it remain until morning. If you can't eat it all, then burn the remainder. Why? What's the point of that? I mean, we're going to be traveling. Shouldn't we have some cooked meat going on the way? So we can... I have to stop anywhere. Oh, I don't like it when my kids eat in the car, but I mean, you just. I mean, does it have something to do with um, leave it all behind and depend on me? Yeah, the daily bread or the day. Okay. I think there's some of that too. There's also a completeness issue. What, it's the 10th day of the month that they start this off, right? What's 10? Remember? Do some of these numbers? Need to have a chart of the numbers. But, but some of the numbers mean certain things. They, they keep occurring in certain events. Ten, ten tends to mean a completeness, a fullness of something. And if you're eating completely the land, there's, this, this is complete redemption for you. It's all sufficient. You don't need anything else. You don't need. Um, you don't need the grace of Christ and uh, the rosary. You you don't need the grace of Christ and perfect attendance on Wednesday nights at your local Baptist church. You don't even have to work DDS to be saved. I mean, really? No. But the the, the grace of Christ compels us. The law of Christ compels us to give. Not out of, I want to earn salvation, but we come to him because he's gracious to us and he changes us. And out of that, there's a thankfulness and an obedience that comes because we trust Him. But it's complete. The lamb is complete. You eat it all. It's and, and then whatever's not, whatever you can't consume, is burned. It's offered, in a sense, back up. You eat in haste, ready to leave immediately. You eat the whole lamb. Um. And 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 there's this interesting thing here too. This in haste is not only does it mean quickly, but it also means with a sense of great danger. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. <laughs> That's the verse that came to mind, sorry. Okay, what does it mean here that he says, it is the Lord's Passover? Oh, it was their Passover. They're the other ones being passed over. Why does it say it's the Lord's Passover? What's the whole point of all these plagues? What does he keep saying again and again and again to the Egyptians, to, to the Hebrews? What does he say? That you may what? Know that I am the Lord. It's the Lord's Passover. He's being glorified not only in the judgment he's bringing on Egypt, but in the mercy he's showing to the Hebrews, right? It's his Passover. It's his declaration of who he is. It's to the glory of God. All of this is for God's glory. You see that in the New Testament too, don't you? Um, yeah, in, in, in Him, how's it go? In Him, we um, uh, have the adoption through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace. You see it again in, in, in verse 12. Uh, in him we have obtained inheritance, having been predestined according to the one who purposes all things according to the counsel of the will, that we who are the first in Christ might be to the what to the praise of his glory. That whole passage, talking about the riches of God's grace, keeps going back to, in verse 6 and 12 and again in 14, this glory of God, the praise of his grace. You see that again and again. Um whether you eat, I love the thing I've been quoting this, because he doesn't like vegetables. Whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Right? Eat your zucchini. It's all to the glory of God. Um, and, and, and it also says, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. Part of that glory, in, in our understanding of Scripture, is, is discernment. Right? There's some things that are good for us. There's some things that aren't necessarily bad, but they're just not helpful. There's a discernment involved, and that discernment is to the glory of God as well. Alright. It's the Lord's Passover. Look at 2 Corinthians 4.15. We'll end here, I think. Um... 2 Corinthians 4, 14 Does Someone have that. Can you read it for me? For all things are for your sakes, so that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause the giving of thanks to abound in the glory of God. What an amazing statement. Everything we do in church life, growing, studying, Having the word redeem our heads, renew our minds, and through that change our hearts so that we act upon what we trust to be true. The redemption of our minds and our emotions in Christ. The, the telling of others about Christ. It does two things. What does it do? Well, it expands to more and more people for what purpose? One, for thankfulness. And two, to the glory of God, that it abounds, that, it, that 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 it's all to the glory of God. What is it in Romans one that he says that the unregenerate did not do? They, did not they didn't give thanks, and they did not recognize His eternal attributes, His immutable characters. This is a reverse of that, isn't it? All things to the glory of God. It's the Lord's Passover. Because he has passed over us and put his judgment on Christ, we are to be thankful, and it's to his glory. And you see this throughout the New Testament. Um, well, in, in Ephesians 2 talks about how he's raised us up with him and seated us in the heavenly places that, that throughout eternity we might be that he might show or display the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Judgment is to his glory. Mercy is to his glory. It's his Passover. Right? So here we have a, a, a feast for this newly constituted nation that's a new beginning. Anything about new beginnings in the New Testament? Um... It's given in the land of their oppression. We're not there yet, are we? And this isn't heaven, is it? (laughs) Really? No? Heaven is a place on earth? No? Um, Congregation, when you are saved, you're saved individually, but you're saved into a body, right? You've been baptized into the body of Christ, it says. We don't hang out alone. We're together in this. Through a pure lamb... Peter has a lot to say about that in 1 Peter 1. That is killed by an act of those being redeemed. Sounds familiar? Always a good answer in Sunday school. This man, this one of God, you put to death by the hands of evil men. Peter would say on Pentecost. It covers those inside the dwelling and they escape wrath. What's the dwelling in New Testament terms? Of the sea. It's a church. In him you also are being built into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. <clears throat> Ephesians 2. And we escape the wrath of God because we're in Christ. We're covered. Inside the house, what are we to do? Forsake pagan practices. Come out from among them. Don't even talk about what they do. It's shameful what they do in the dark. Don't, don't do it. Forsake the pagan practices. Why? Because we're living in thankfulness and glorifying God. Remember what you came from. Thank God that He redeemed me from my sin, and do it quickly. <laughs> we partake of the whole lamb. We eat it in haste, and we remember that it's all redounds to the glory of God. Do you see how this relates? It's a, all the Scripture testifies to us. It really does. And there it is—a a, road map, really, for for the grace of Christ. Um, Okay. Um, All right. Let me see here. Where is it? Nuts. I don't have it written down. There is a passage... It's really good. I wish I'd written it down. Um, okay. It's really nice that you had ten points. <laughs> they were complete. They didn't all start with the same letter. That was difficult. <laughs> it was later. <laughs> First Corinthians 5.7 This is Paul's instruction to Corinthians and by extension instruction to us. Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a, a new lump some of us are old lumps, old and lumpy. you new lump, as you really are unleavened. Be who you are in Christ. For Christ, our Passover Lamb, has been sacrificed. You're not earning <laughs> salvation; you're working because you've been saved. And if you're not working, if you're not moving, if you're not pressing toward purity, holiness. See your Passover line. All right. Any questions, any comments? Shall we pray? I really did try to start earlier. I really did. Doesn't matter. Doesn't Father, thank you for Christ. Thank you that your word is quick and powerful, that it cuts us to heal us that you break us down to build us up. We pray that we are willing, that we are obedient, that we are compliant with the work you would do in us. Father, sometimes, even though we may have hearts of flesh, the sediment of the old stony heart can crust over and make us numb and dry. Incline our hearts to repent as the psalmist cries. Restore unto us the joy of our salvation. Renew a right spirit within us. Father, don't let us play with sin and unholiness and impurity. Compel us to love Jesus more than than the temporary joys of sin. Let us see his beauty to such an extent that we love Him and hate all else. Make us one in Christ completely. Do the work in this body that only you can do by causing us and working in us to love one another, to put the other before ourselves, to submit one to another as an, under Christ. For it's all to your glory. We want to glorify you because we're thankful for what you've done for us in Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen.